0: Hi.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. That's PlushCare.com slash weightloss. PlushCare.com slash loss
0: The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the fog and the rain and the trees of a town called The Fort. If anything is true in a place like this, it would be that once you take your first step, The journey must be seen through to its bitter end. Now whether that journey takes you to the river or the bog or the fields, the light or the dark, it doesn't matter. Because once you've started, they won't let you stop. Listener discretion is advised. sat there, huddled, powerless, terrified, wondering, panicking, scrutinizing. The reverend could feel his bones chittering about in his body like loose teeth, shaking in terror, rattling about with a sense of impending damnation. There he rationalized and contemplated and meditated on the matter until the matter came to him. In the matter, as it were, wasted no time. With startling ease, the dry wood, which sat in its frame on its hinges for so long, brittle with age, disintegrated as the push of a lowered and determination shoulder bouldered its way through. He couldn't scream. His lips were too dry, they stuck together. He quickly wet them, running his tongue over them, feeling that ripped partition in the upper lip for a moment, feeling even more like a child, mouth dry with fear, with a tongue made of gritty dirt and lazy muscle, good for nothing when it counted. Hands outreached in a flurry, and dragging at his clothing, they pulled him up off the wall. Quickly, Reverend Albert dug in his heels, hooking them in the edge of the bed frame as he leveraged his weight against the silent, reaching things which he'd fed and housed and provided spiritual counseling to not a day or so ago, before the big, long sleep, where in that time frame, everything seemed to have soured. For a moment, it worked. The hands grabbing at his clothing heaved, the seams of his clothing ripped and popped open in places where the cloth had been worn bare, but the reverend was able to drive his back away from them and closer into the safety of the corner where his bed met the wall. With frightening organization, all the hands at once doubled their strength and grip and heaved once more, pulling him clean off the bed and into their palmy (laughs) midst. They moved about him, one coagulated horde of humanity pressed together in a monstrous flurry of arm and limb and teeth and tongue, all mute, all grasping with little hands, all with eyes bound, all with straight-lipped decorum. They dragged him from his room and from his church. There was a moment when he had frantically spasmed in such a way that he jerked his arms and head free in one mighty turn of his torso and yank of the arms, one that had just stated in between the panicked breaths. But his legs remained tightly in the grasp of that many-handed monster made of man. As his head and arms and shoulders slipped through their grasp, they fell. And as they fell for a flicker of time, the reverend felt he had a chance, a chance to flee, a chance to fight. And then the stone steps, leading down Heaven Hill, came up to meet the back and base
1: of his skull.
0: His eyes flickered as the world spun. A piercing pain watered his eyes as he felt his heart beat in the back of his head. Reverend Albert went to rub the spot which had, with the help of gravity's pull, collided with the stone steps. But his arms were firmly and unmercifully tied behind his back and he'd been placed on his knees on the ground where a sharp stone jutted into the soft spot beneath his kneecap, cutting away like a dulcerated knife at the skin there as he adjusted himself uncomfortably. No longer the twilight it had been when the reverend had been dragged from his church. Night had come in its fullest form, cold and dark, and there he knelt vulnerable and unable to fend off whatever might come for him in that night. (sighs) No matter how many years had passed since his childhood and since the cave and the sooty ashen man within, and no matter how many times he'd insisted otherwise, Reverend Albert would never lose his fear of the dark.
1: Uh,
2: What is this? Reverend Albert
0: addressed the collective. The words came sloppy and drunken from his lips, his concussed mind unable to command them to do otherwise. The parishioner stood, his own sight only able to perceive the outlines and vague blurred faces of those surrounding him, all with eyes bound behind long torn strips of cloth.
1: is to all it has What
2: for. is you this? blink. Do <coughs> not your gaze. Answer me! Stay in the deep, until the deep stares back. Look now, forevermore. Till
1: your eyes fall, run your face to not for one moment. Light in your pursuit. Stare now, and stare forever. Discern the shadows from the void, from the darkness. Look beyond the obfuscation of darkness.
0: Without a word of command, without warning, the reverend seven disciples took one lumbering step forward, slightly out of time with one another, but snapping back into place with startling unison. It was the same hive mind-like behaviors, the overwhelming clamoring of grasping hands which had dragged him out and into the night like a silent rat king. But instead of being tied together by the tails, their shadows which had been long and nightmarish and frightful in the twilight as all shadows were, now collected in the impenetrable darkness of night, all tied together, all lost in one another and lost in the shadows of lumbering trees and thorny bramble and bushes and whatever else may hide in the Night.
2: Look at me, damn it! Untie me! Right now!
0: Again, without a word of command, without warning, the Reverend Seven Disciples took another lumbering step forward before snapping back into place. The circle was closing, and the reverend could feel the pressure building from all sides. His breath was labored and panicked. The space, despite the fresh air of the night that should have been blowing past them, cold and crisp, was dense and musty. Reverend Albert could feel his sight narrow, begin to spin. He could feel the ground begin to slip out from underneath him. As he began to keter off to the side As his concussion took hold and his sight dimmed and narrowed ever more so than before He could hear, not see, but hear someone approach from behind As his head, loosely attached to his neck, pitched back as he began to pass out hands Gently cradled his head, keeping him upright Now, Reverend not yet. Do not look away.
1: Bear witness to the void and stare into it. We are here for you, Reverend. Now you must look into the void, which has swung open for you, and only
2: for you to look into where all hope has died. and witness to all that has to offer you. don't, know, don't know. I can't. I w- won't. Let me go. Let, let me go home. Please, please, let me go. Let me uh, go. Nathaniel! Nathaniel! Nathaniel. Whatever it is you think you are doing, you must stop. Stop now. Nathaniel, please, let me go. Go home, leave here, and we'll never speak of this, I promise. Stare now, and stare forever. Discern the shadows from the void, from the
1: darkness, beyond the obfuscation of darkness, to let secrets lay
3: into the reverend. We are here for you. We are here so that you may see, so that you may know what secrets sleep waiting for your gaze chosen reverend. We've all seen the truth. We all received it. One collective dream as we slept and we know now that you are the keeper of secrets, the father of whispers, the jail keeper of every ill deed and that which is born of those ill deeds and we see your
1: sacrifice and the pain that you have taken upon yourself for our sins and misdeeds to one another.
3: Uh, uh, relax, relax, Albert. I confirmed their divinations and explained on your behalf. Uh, huh? James? <laughs> J- J- J-
2: Is that really you? Oh, God. Oh, thank God. James. James. Oh, oh God. James, you need to run.
3: Get help, James. Run. Oh. Oh. I think I'll stay and watch over the proceedings for a while longer before I leave. I'm very curious. What intent purpose lives inside you, and we're gonna find out. Uh, I... Uh, 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 what? Well, you see, the thing you know is the man in the cave. Jacob, well, he fed you something, didn't he? Or rather, I suppose, he fed you to something. It's always so fascinating to watch and see what happens most die, or at least die in spirit. Eating themselves to death, drinking themselves to death. Who knows? That could have been you had you been left to your own devices for long enough. Oh, no, 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 no. I intend on seeing this through. Oh, there are so many possibilities. I'm positively tingling with anticipation. Will you Gain the divine gift any small-town huckster would dream of having. And if you do, what will it be? Who will you serve? What metal are you made of? What unspoken truth fills you? James! Wh- what
2: what are you saying?
3: Oh, <laughs> you mean me. Sorry, I forgot that name for a moment well let's ponder the possibilities you're a nihilist at heart that's empty cold unforgiving you counsel and listen to folks in their darkest moment but i think it's more about the power of knowing what or who they truly are that's kept you going for this long i mean it certainly wasn't an altruistic call to do good was it
0: From behind, Reverend Albert felt James's hand on his shoulder as he ran it down the pitted and pocked back, where that infection, as the Reverend thought of it, grew and festered and multiplied. Raising his hand off the Reverend's back for a moment, he pointed his finger before poking one particular ridge to the left of his spine, where underneath he felt a wriggling
3: Five bucks says it is something to do with your little pets. So full of whispers and secrets you are. Hmm. Yeah, that's where I'd place my money.
0: James walked around into Reverend Albert's line of sight and placed his hand on the Reverend's head and casually ruffled his hair as if the Reverend were the child and not him. He looked down on Albert with pity turning his back and walking outside of the bounds of the circle. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be, but it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open. Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die. In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com thetownwhispers the town whispers. If you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the
2: ghost of you inside of my head.